0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you today. We've got a couple of great guests coming up in a few moments. Uh, We will uh, interview them. Don't forget, you can go to ProAmericaReport.com, sign up for the daily email, the daily wink there, and the daily email uh, ProAmericaReport.com. Just put in your email address and go charging ahead. Catherine Engelbrecht of org will join us Uh, we'll get an update from her on her work as well as on an interesting woman from down i think it's in texas uh where she stood up for no arizona where she stood up a young uh, a young woman stood up for what she believed in and ended up getting sued by mark elias the uh, democrat uh uber lawyer the guy who's fighting to uh, fortify the elections and therefore mess up democracy we'll also talk with melissa giller who is at the Reagan Library, the Reagan Library out in Simi Valley, and they're having an event uh, that is taking place out there, excuse me, an exhibit on the uh, Auschwitz. And it'll be at the uh, Reagan Library. We got an update on that. The Reagan Library is actually something of a, it's not like a museum now. Uh, it's not just a presidential library. It's meaning uh, like the Smithsonian or some of the uh, larger museums in big cities like in St. Louis, the the uh, museum in Forest Park or in New York City, uh, some of the museums, they get uh, major exhibits coming through. Um, and uh, like um, a few years ago, there was a big exhibit on Pompeii, uh, the city south of Rome that was buried under the ash. Uh, of the volcano a couple a couple thousand years ago and um they had that and that traveled around the country it was in st louis then it was later at the reagan library so we'll talk with her about this auschwitz uh, uh exhibit which is very powerful as well as what's going on there so but first uh what you need to know Today, let's let's take a little bit of a lesson here. Let's take a lesson. We've got a Chinese uh uh weather balloon. If you believe the Chinese, a spy balloon. If you believe your common sense, whatever it is, it's a massive balloon going across America, right across the heartland, right across our nuclear uh, uh, launch sites and all that. I, I don't know. I mean, I I kind of feel like there's lots of um, satellites higher up that are going to be there, but it does show how uh, silly uh, our administration is that we can't get our answer straight. Uh The president, uh, President Biden and his team kind of hemmed and hawed and didn't know what it was, denied it was anything, said it was something, didn't know. The Chinese said, well, it's not a big deal. It's just a weather balloon. We can't control it, et cetera, et cetera. It just it just seems makes us seem silly. But here's the bigger question. The bigger question is whether anyone is serious about the threat of the Chinese communist regime, not the Chinese people, not the Chinese history. The communist regime. And, you know, I point back to the Monroe Doctrine, which was John Quincy Adams, by the way, played a role in that. He was a secretary of state, later became president. And James Monroe uh, had the Monroe Doctrine, which he read. It was actually uh, he didn't read it out loud. It was sent as a report uh, to the Congress 200 years ago this year in December of 1823. But here's the important part of it. It was not only a complaint about "hey, don't colonize into our hemisphere." It was that. I let me be silly. I mean, he was saying "don't colonize," but the key part of the expression, the key part of the Monroe Doctrine, was the was the expression that we didn't not. Here's the actual language. We owe it therefore to candor and to the amicable relations existing between the U S and those powers. So he's now saying to, to the people he's addressing, he's saying, we owe it to you to tell you. And he says to declare that we, the Americans should consider any attempt on their part to extend their system to any portion of this hemisphere as hemisphere as dangerous to our peace and safety. It's not the problem is not. Uh, people coming from other countries or cultures. We're confident enough in that. Uh, you know, we, we can, we can have a, 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 a European person, you know, immigrate to America. The, by the way, the question is a number of them. That's a different question. But the bigger thing is the system and what the Chinese regime, the communist regime has done is systematically they have gone about influencing our lives. They run TikTok to the detriment of society. As Donald Trump released a video on this question, and, and he, he said there are thousands and thousands of uh, of Chinese na- communist regime spies. Now, there are probably spies for the Russians, for the French, for other people. There are probably spies of every nationality. I doubt that there are any nationalities. that don't have somebody that's intelligence gathering. But there's no one with the communist uh, system – asserting itself worldwide other than the chinese it doesn't count if you're some second tier third tier fifth tier nation who is a communist or marxist country we don't care i mean we care but we don't we're not going to be worried about it. we have got to get serious and if you listen to trump trump said when when biden came in anything trump did biden reversed trump had started in the justice department a unit to focus on the chinese infiltration of america everything you've ever seen about the Soviets, about their spies, about their spy craft, about the infiltration of any, anything, you have to believe that the Chinese are doing that a hundredfold. Why? Because they've been more successful, the communist regime in China, at sustaining their nation. They're not broke. They're more disciplined. I mean, the, the, Soviet, the Soviet communist regime started to unravel within about a decade. It took another three decades after World War II for it to really unravel, and nobody really saw it coming. But but the Chinese regime, it's not unraveling. I mean, it's not unraveling the same way. And they have had party discipline. And so we know, we know that there is the economic effort. The uh, so-called uh, uh, Belt and Road Initiative, I think I'm getting that right. I, I always mess that up. I always want to say Belt and uh, Suspenders Initiative, but the Belt and Road or the, the whatever it is, is—the it's an echo of the Silk Road where they're paying to build out roads and infrastructure all over the world, including in Latin America, including in South America, especially in Africa, where they can get a foothold in the communities there, in the nations there by being the bank, by being the funder. And when you're the bank or the funder, you've got a great relationship, great power relationship. And they've done it through, uh, the infiltration of higher education in America. They've done it by infiltration into economic, into, uh, tech, big tech. They've done it in, uh, in our, uh, uh, high, uh, um, finance and, you know, banks and others. And you have to say they've done it in our governments, in our government, local, state and local. Why wouldn't they? I, I mean, again, we we we're t- we're undertaking every uh, form of of espionage against our enemies too. Uh, America is. I, I have to think. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I have to think, and therefore we shouldn't be surprised when other people are. I mean, after all, even when you're not at war, you're going to be rivals with these countries, and you're going to be undertaking all this. So uh, here's my point, and what Trump was saying in his video: Are we going to get serious? Are we going to get serious? And, and here's, here's why the continuing validity of the Monroe Doctrine is so important, because it gives us a framework to explain what we're saying. If you believe in a system, communist Chinese regime, that does not have the rule of law, that does not have uh, honor, it, it is simply power dynamics. That's what the communist Chinese regime is. If you're tied to power, your your situation will be honored. It doesn't matter if you have a contract written, uh, if you have a patent, anything else that will be overridden by what the communist regime wants. That system is incompatible, not to mention that the system, the communist Chinese system, says we should get rid of uh other places like America, should get rid of, you know, destroy them. I mean, that's that's another little slight detail. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, that's uh, that's kind of an interesting uh, detail you've got there. And so my point here, again, is that if we're going to if we're going to come up with a pathway forward where we say, hey, we're going to ban TikTok We should we're going to get the uh, uh, track down the the spies, the Chinese spies. We must we're going to get serious about espionage. We have to we're going to be I mean, here's another one. Hundreds of thousands. I think it's like 300,000 Chinese nationals are in our schools, our universities. The the wealthy in China send their kids to America. They learn English well. That's one thing. But then they learn at the best schools and they train at MIT and they train at uh, Cal and they train at, uh, you know, all the big places. And then they go back to China because the Chinese regime only very rarely creates a person who departs from the regime. It's very rare. I don't know what the number would be. I'd say a one in a hundred says, hey, I like this freedom thing. I'm going to sneak away and not go back to China. Most of them go back to China. Most of the Chinese nationals go back to China. And if you talk to someone who's in law enforcement, they'll tell you that they're very brutal. They're brutal. They're brutally frank about it. Their, their job is to be uh, to be loyal to the regime at home. That's, that's who they are. It doesn't matter if you're a student. It doesn't matter if you're a trained spy. It doesn't matter if you're a businessman. That's the mindset when we again, it's a communist system. We have to wrap our brain around it in a, a way that's different than we have so far. All right. That's all I've got on that. Uh, just uh, watch that video of Donald Trump. It'll make you smile, too. He's in a good he's in he's in high energy and uh, pretty good. All right. We'll take a break. We come back, Catherine Engelbrecht. And then we'll also visit with the Reagan So uh, one of their top executives, Melissa Giller. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a while uh, since we uh, have talked with Catherine Engelbrecht, the founder of True the Vote. And, uh, Catherine, I was telling someone a story. You remember this? You were, you were at one of our Eagle events. I think it was Collegians. And, uh, we did it virtually because of the world was upside down. And then we went out to dinner and it was you and Sydney Powell and like three yep. or four other people. It was the coolest, coolest time. One of the few times in my life that I didn't talk the whole time. Cause I was like, okay, let's hear. So, uh, welcome back, Catherine Engelbrecht. You are so many of us. I was telling you off the air consider you such a hero for all that you've done your work but also the the uh attention most you know the the attacks you've taken and keep going so thanks uh thanks for joining us and how are you i'm hanging in there doing great thanks so much for having me good. it's good good to have you all right i i got an email and i wanted to reach out to you i i want to ask you two things Catherine engelbrecht uh true the org, by the way is the website you should check it out and support their work um but in this email it's about arizona and first i want to ask you about mark elias the lawyer the sort of super left lawyer democrat lawyer who really brags about quote fortifying the election is 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 mark elias in your estimation is he the is he the center of all this stuff cuz somebody's running this is it he the leader well, he's, he definitely appears
2: to be the leader on the, on the lawfare arm of the, of, of, of the, of the much grander campaign to destabilize our country. Right. Um, and yes, he, he's, he's, he and his firm are at the heart of many, um, lawsuits. In fact, in, you know, we're involved in, uh, a handful of, of lawsuits currently
1: and they're in, they're in most of them.
2: So yeah, he's, uh, he's the, he's the orchestra conductor for sure.
1: Um, because I, I tell people, like, one of the things that the left does is they lo- uh, love to make, um, you know, Catherine Engelbrecht, uh, a, a household name for all sorts of <laughs> negative reasons. There's a hundred reasons I could make that Catherine Engelbrecht is, uh, has done great things and they try to make it, they try to beat everybody up. And, and I, I kind of feel like there's a part of our side that has to be more clear about who is, is doing this, but let me move on to this. I got this email about Melody Jennings. So Melody mm-hmm. Jennings is a, is not you or me who is in this for a long time. She's a so-called normal person. Right. And she <laughs> says, Hey, we want to do something. Walk us through what happened to her.
2: Sure. Well, she, uh, like millions of Americans, were concerned about the exploitation of the drop boxes. And she saw the movie 2000 Mules that kind of helped crystallize in her mind there. there, Maybe there really is a problem. And so she uh, very, you know, innocently and as, as good Americans often do sort of shared an idea. Hey, what if we just went and watched drop boxes in our neighborhoods and nobody else is watching them? Uh, what if we just kept eyes on, almost like a neighborhood watch, but you know, around centered around drop boxes. And it and it that idea born of a very simple post on social media really caught fire. And before you know it, there were tens of thousands of Americans that were talking online about, hey, let's watch our drop boxes. And and you know, true to form in the side of liberty, this became kind of a super positive tailgate experience where you had people that are very observant about state law and how far away from drop boxes you could be. And then they would make posters, you know, thank you for voting. It was very positive. Um, but uh, as often is the case, it, and as you just pointed out, the, what was, what was meant for, for good was uh, turned to ill by the left. And and in this instance, yes, at the hands of Mark Elias, when they sued Melody Jennings and and this this movement that had become to be known as Clean Elections USA and it was it was not an organization uh in the, you know the corporate status of things they weren't raising money it was just a just a group of people and and anyway they all got sued and Melody was was named specifically and when we learned of this I immediately reached out to Melody and and just said we'll stand with you and so we um, brought our legal team in and, and have been uh, backing that that uh, her her effort to stand in defense of, uh, frankly, the First Amendment. I mean, we have the right to assemble, we have the right to speak freely, and had no one stepped in, uh, maligned a private citizen, how how she would stand against the likes of Mark Elias, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but what I did know was that the First Amendment was clearly you know at risk, and the last thing you want is a consent decree to come out of this where all of a sudden yeah, exactly, unwittingly right. there's case law that says we can't we, we can't assert our basic civil liberties so so anyway that's how that was and the and what you're referring to I believe is a an email
1: that we that we yep. put out where we told this story and it's a and um story yeah it's a powerful story I, I want to pause for one second Catherine because and, and and I think I can say this when you started you were like Melody Right, you were somebody who said, said, "Hey, wait a second! I don't really like this. I'm going to try to true the vote. I'm going to start this effort. And now, all these years later, it's not that you're a pro, but you've been through the, the 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 side alleys and the main streets of this thing. But here's what you said that's so important: a lot of times, the citizen groups are being targeted as a way, unwittingly to get law made you know judicial law judges to say hey here's something to do the fa- most famous case is that the republican national committee was under a consent degree for 30 years or something that's right. based on, that's right. and, and they had signed off on it when they were at their lowest intelligence wise energy wise whatever and we still were living with it and it was basically was saying you know you can't work on elections i'm overstating it but that's very important for people to realize and and i i, I like that you run towards supporting people we do too that are in a tough spot but knowing sort of why it's important it's important because if you get a bad ruling out of a judge in arizona other judges will use it as their way to say oh well, let's just do that it's a very important point i'm glad you said that well thank you and i mean and, and you're
2: exactly right the the on the e we were involved in another situation with another um issue uh at the at the heart of it is a company called conic and another story for a different day but uh, but i I mention it only because on the same day that we were scheduled to go to court um with the conic situation uh, Melody was facing a temporary restraining order against right. her um right. for for this dropbox matter so it's the timing is always sort of you know timed to overwhelm um but Melody is a shining example of of citizens that have just said enough we're gonna we're gonna figure out what we can do and, they, and and they did it lawfully so they she deserves to be supported and um and yeah i see a lot of myself in in her and just the the desire to go and try to figure it out so uh, did, did, they, did they
1: did they have an actual with melody jennings and i'll put my to our listeners i'll put up on social media a link to her the stories around this but did they had a did they have a a real um I mean, what were they trying to say? It was interference with elections. Is that what they were saying?
2: They were saying that this um, th- this was intimidating to voters. Oh, intimidating. Um, I mean, true you know, true to form, there's bad actors that show up, you know, dressed up and and threatening to fight, and you know, all this kind of stuff. That that Melody and, and the folks that were involved in this had no no hand in. Right. But it's it's you know, they, they 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 architect this this outcome that suggests that it. It is in some way going to be intimidating, and then they push for all it's worth through the courts, and before you know it, you know yet another of our liberties uh, have have yeah. you know been, been stolen been away. Limited. Yeah, yeah, it's been limited. That's I mean, right. It's
1: exactly. It's exactly that. That's exactly the. Uh, I, I, I I'm I'm not asking you to take this position, but I I'm I'm taking it that a lot of the January sixth stuff. Was a, an, once they had the storyline, they used to say, haha, now we're going to limit the you know, you're certainly not going to be able to protest about elections. That would be interfering. Uh, you know, that would be a, a disruption of a public proceeding. Or I, I forget that. I'm saying that phrase wrong, but obstruction of official proceeding. Um, mm-hmm. Catherine, is the is the I, I don't mean this in the wrong way, but you know what I mean? And I know you'll know what I mean. Is it working? Meaning are normal people are you are they saying to you way to go? And not becoming melody. Are you worried about that?
2: I'm. Um, you know, i I am more encouraged now than I have ever been um, about mm-hmm. where where we are. And, and here's why. You know, for, for the long time, true, the vote was was one of the only, maybe the only um, group for for early on. You know, that was really focused nationally on election integrity. It was a. It was not a common concern. Now um in, in the aftermath of of 2020, as as difficult as that was, um, people are now coming up the learning curve fast to say, "Wait a second, why are we pushing to mail ballots when when that is known to be the least secure way to cast and count votes? Why are we not, you know, why don't we have identification that can be used? Why why is it bad to talk about this? You know, why are we being silenced and canceled just for debating the subject?" people are waking up in in you know by the millions and getting involved and uh our elections are are a mess and it's going to take time to resolve it and there's a, clearly there's a lot of frustration that's that's bubbled up over time as people come to realize how just just how bad it is but we're going to get there and i'm very encouraged about about what
1: lies ahead uh, it's um <clears throat> It's it's so hard to um, I'm glad to hear that from you. It's so hard to uh, sometimes to watch the news and all these things. And it, it's just so negative. And so hearing you, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and true again, we'll put up on social media. Thank you for doing it. I, I agree with you. I think um, there's more energy out there than ever, uh, but we've got to be diligent and especially as uh, you know, the late Phyllis Schlafly would really applaud understanding what the full game is. In other words, they're not just doing this to silence you. They're doing this to silence you and advantage the next place. You know, it's part of it is to intimidate. If if Catherine Engelbrecht had gone home after a couple of years because it just wasn't worth the trouble, which was probably tempting and still is, then 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 then, then they would have won that way. But then they go and use the law uh, also these other ways. So thank you very much um, for everything you're doing. And please keep in touch. Thanks so much. All right. Catherine Engelbrecht, everybody. I'll put up on uh, social media uh, all of the links to her stories and to True the Vote. Uh, It's great work. And she's amazing. She's truly amazing at what she does and uh, how she does it. Um, And she really could have walked away uh, after how much they've made her, um, tried to make her suffer suffer through lawfare. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back, welcome back, Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. I've this my listeners know, and I'm going to say this. I Sometimes it sounds like I'm just saying it. I've been waiting for this interview for a couple of weeks because I got an email from somebody who said, "Hey, we the Reagan Library." Now my listeners know uh, Melissa Giller, who's going to join us. She's with us now, Chief Marketing Officer of the Reagan Library. They know, and I just told her that my wife was when she was 14 or 15 a docent at the library there. She worked, and she's from right nearby uh, in Simi Valley. So I've been there. A, i don't know 50 times and we love the place and melissa giller our next guest is uh she has worked uh with the uh, reagan library on the on the of course the presidential debates but also the uh funerals that they've had and a lot of other things and and specifically there's a holocaust uh, exhibit that is uh that is um touring it's a traveling exhibit and uh i thought uh, the title is auschwitz not long ago not far away and this is important. And I'm glad you could join us. Uh, Melissa, thank you. And welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. What does it mean when it's traveling? Will it be at the Reagan Library for a long time and then other places? Will it go back and forth to the Reagan Library? What does it mean?
3: Yes, yeah, so the exhibition began in Madrid, Spain. Opened oh. in twenty and it opened in twenty eighteen, gotcha. and it went from Madrid to New York to Kansas. It's currently in Malmo, um, and then we the Reagan Library will be its next stop, and gotcha. we are the only location in the entire traveling tour on the West Coast, Excellent. and we will have it from March through August of twenty twenty three, and then it will continue on in North um, North America.
1: Oh, good. What date in August does it leave? I believe the 14th. Oh, good. I'm traveling to see my wife, my in-laws on like the second or third of August. So I'll try to make sure we get up there. So, okay. Now, um, the, the, and, and I should say that there I've been there for these. It's incredible. The Reagan library gets incredible exhibits that come through. Um, I, I, there was a world war two, there was either world war two, one or, yes. yes. uh, And it was unbelievable. It was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, but this one talk a little bit about, uh, why, you know, Auschwitz not long ago, not far away. I don't know if you've been there when I was younger, I went to visit Auschwitz and I had a friend that said, you have to pray the whole time you're there. This is my friend's opinion because it's so haunting Mm-hmm. What's happened? It 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 will just make you lose a lot of your uh, faith in humanity. I, I did find that it was very powerful, and it's not as you as this says not that long ago. It says less than a hundred years ago. So well, uh, go ahead.
3: yeah, that that's exactly right. You know, the, the title "Not Long Ago, Not Far Away" was chosen on purpose because we like to think that the Holocaust was a long, long time ago and something that could never happen again. But in reality, it was not long ago. And not far away. And we have to educate ourselves and we have to remind ourselves of what happens if hatred goes unchecked. And that's what this exhibition does. And so we really do encourage everyone who can come out, can drive out, can fly out um, to come see it, to really be reminded of, um you know, what humanity s- should stand for and and how we need to stop it from, you know, turning the tides of evil again.
1: It's, um, it is, uh, I, 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 to pause, I should have done this in a different order. It's kind of the, the Reagan library has become sort of, uh, bigger than the library. I, I don't, I don't know if the Clinton library is too, but it feels like it's become sort of a place. There's been major speeches, major exhibits, yes. major event, uh, the presidential debates. I, I think I know that's the plan. Uh, but this, this is in that vein, right? Exactly.
3: So back in 2010, 2011, as we were gearing up for President Reagan's centennial, he would have been a hundred in 2011. We really set our minds to, we're not just the Reagan library on a hill. We happen to be on a hill. We're not just the Reagan library on a hill. We're Ronald Reagan, the 40th president of the United States, and we're a national brand. And we really turned our tides. We bring in these Ten to eleven thousand square foot special exhibitions um, to really help educate the community on everything from you know Pompeii and the Vatican to the Titanic, um, all different things. And then, like you said, we've we've held a presidential debate every cycle since two thousand and eight. We are doing a huge time for choosing speaker series where we're inviting top voices of the conservative movement to come. Talk to us, talk to the public about their thoughts of the Republican Party, where it's going, where it's heading, what, what it's doing wrong, what it's doing right. Um, and and everything in between from, you know, book signings and, and President's Day events to really be a place for the community to convene.
1: By the way, I did. Uh, we're talking with Melissa Giller and I, I did go to the Pompeii one, too. I should say that was the one I remember. Now, when you said it, at Jog, it was it was unbelievable. I mean yeah, I, it, I'm, I'm very I'm very, very I've been to Pompeii itself a few times. So it, it's it was incredibly well done.
3: That yeah, that that was fabulous. And that actually um, the same company that's bringing us the Auschwitz exhibition oh. brought us the Pompeii exhibition. So oh. a really well-renowned uh, traveling firm.
1: The um again, we're we're talking uh with Melissa Giller. Melissa, I I'm, I'm ha- hate to admit it, uh oh, I found it in my notes. I was gonna say at the website, ReaganFoundation.org. Is that the best place to find out about the exhibit?
3: Yeah, so ReaganFoundation.org okay. is our website. If it's hard that if that's hard to remember, you'll end up at the exact same place if you go to ReaganLibrary.com. Okay. And right there at the top we talk about Auschwitz. We're encouraging people to buy tickets in advance. Everywhere this exhibition is go- gone, it is not only sold out, it's had tens of thousands of people on the waiting list. Mm. Um, we we started selling tickets about four weeks ago. We've already sold 20,000. Um, wow. So we really encourage people to be able to not have to drive all the way up here and find out we're sold out. So to go to reaganlibrary.com and to buy their tickets so that when they get here, they can spend the time in the exhibit. And it is a two hour exhibition. Wow. There's so much content in there. So you really wow. need to plan a day out here.
1: Now I'm starting to sound like I'm shilling for the Ronald Reagan <laughs> library, but you can become a member too. And if you become a member, um, it's, it's, it, the money goes to the foundation, obviously, and to the institute there. And that helps you, I think, get tickets, right? Is that something you can do?
3: Yep, that's right. I, you can chill all you want. Um, if you become a member, if you become a member to the Reagan Library or Reagan Foundation, um, the tickets to the Auschwitz exhibition are half price um, anytime as many times as you want to go. And then there's also a lot of other benefits like discounts in our store um, and um, discounts in the cafe and other things like that. And as you said, all the money goes to the Reagan Foundation, which helps us fund um, scholarships for schools, scholarships for, um, high school students going to college and even our programming.
1: Will, every time I think I go there, we, we end up becoming members again. Like we had it lapse if it's been a couple of years, COVID, I think knocked us out and we it sure. back in. So, um, that, that, that reminds me, um, the, uh, Air Force One is there, which is a huge draw. People love it. You can walk all the way through it. You can see all the details of it. It's really, really neat. Um, but I guess I never thought of this. Do you get, you must get tens of, tens of thousands of students? Do high school students, does every school use it as a place to go on trips? Is that one of the features too?
3: Yeah, so um, pre-COVID, we were averaging 375 to 400,000 people a year, of which wow. 50,000 of those people were school kids doing field trips. Um, and some of those field trips are just coming here to just tour the Reagan Library with their teacher and a, and a docent. And some of those school kids are coming here. We have two different immersive student programs where you get to go in and you get to be president Reagan and secretary Schultz and vice president Bush and make decisions just like Ronald Reagan and his cabinet did. And um, we get about 25,000 school kids through that year.
1: Wow. Well, there's a lot of there there. So we'll put it up on uh, social media. Uh, Thank you, Melissa Giller uh, for it. And uh, it is exciting and uh, it's a great place. So I'm glad to encourage it. And it's a great, important, um, it's an important topic. A lot of things keep coming and going in our lives, but Auschwitz, especially Auschwitz, somehow it it it, it captures uh, what went on. A, a broader conversation on all of it is good too, but um, but the on the Holocaust, but Auschwitz is powerful. So thank you for uh, coming on and talking about it.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: All right, we will. I'll put all that up on social media, everybody, and I'll make sure that we get the links uh, to the Reagan Library. It's it's extraordinary, and uh, and links specifically to uh, the details of uh, the Auschwitz uh, exhibit. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We'll be back in a moment.
4: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
1: More than 1,000 illegal migrants openly walked across the Rio Grande into El Paso, Texas, one Sunday night recently, capping a record-breaking three-day weekend in which 2,460 illegal migrants were processed there by federal agents. El Paso is just one of nine sectors defined by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection along the 2,000-mile border between the U.S. and Mexico. Fox News reporter Bill Malugin tweeted that CBP sources tell us more than 4,800 migrants have illegally crossed through two sectors over 24 hours. This one case study only exemplifies a larger problem caused by our President Joe Biden. From his first day in office, Biden has signaled his administration's policy and promise not to enforce our nation's immigration laws. The predictable result is that a relentless human tide of uninvited people from across the world have been entering our country from the south after first passing through the lawless narco state of Mexico. The roughly 5,000 people who surrender every day to be processed by border patrol agents do not even include the thousands of known gotaways. That's the official term for migrants who evade arrest when they sneak across our border, often because they have prior criminal records for drug trafficking or sex crimes and they can't afford to be caught. The number of gotaways has exploded under Biden because no Border Patrol agents are available to stop and arrest them. That's because Biden's anti-American DHS secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has reassigned CBP and Border Patrol agents to processing the unprecedented hordes of illegal migrants who voluntarily turn themselves in every day. The problem is undeniable, but the solution is very obtainable. Increase agents and no more catch and release. Each day, we are seeing 5,000 more reasons to secure our southern border. Let's do something about it.
4: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the latest on building the wall to protect our southern border? To the liberal media, it's a joke, but the crisis of illegal aliens is no laughing matter. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're asking serious questions regarding what to build, who's paying for it, and how best to deploy our military. Go to phyllisschlafly.com and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I hope you'll join me right now. This is a public service uh, period of the program. Uh, We are going to help uh, the world and the FBI do its job. And the job is we're going to help find the uh, Pipe Bomber. The pipe bomber uh, uh, sometime late on January uh, 5th, 2021, in the wee hours late in the evening. So possibly the early hours of January 6th, uh, the day when there then was the speeches and the uh, the terrible uh, um, uh, problems at the Capitol. The, the media wants you to call it an insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection. It was a bit of a riot, though. There were people that got out of hand that we ha- hate to see that. But here's the thing. The uh, pipe bombs were placed. It looks like, according to the FBI, they were placed at about 7:30 or 8 o'clock in the evening. Okay, we have a photograph of the pipe bomber. Uh, we have a photograph. We have an image of his sneakers. He. We have an image of him in a hooded sweatshirt, and we have specifics of the pipe bomb. Pictures of it and details of it the timer that was on it and even a map this is all available on the FBI's website and in the nearly what uh, uh two years it's been just about 2 years this this map is from uh, January 29th 2021 i mean this flyer since uh, for two years we've heard nothing we've seen nothing the 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 FBI has identified that the suspect who's on video had on, had on Nike Air Max speed turf shoes. They were yellow, black, and gray. They have enhanced photos of the guy. They have the, the, the height. They have the general weight. And the, the, the bombs, the bombs were uh, near the Republican National Committee and near the Democrat National Committee. The one by the RNC was discovered by a 36-year-old woman who was putting a load of laundry in, and I happened to look down, she said, and I noticed by the recycling bin there was a, a tangle of wires. Now, the law enforcement officials say they don't know why it didn't explode. They don't know why it didn't explode, but they're sure glad it didn't. But here's my point. Don't you think it's time that we help the FBI and the alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives people, the that's the Bureau, that's what it's called, ATFE, uh help them find this person who did this. And doesn't it make you wonder why, if there was a pair of pipe bombs put next to the Republican political headquarters and next to the Democrat political headquarters, why isn't that a top priority? That sounds a lot a lot more like a a plan to take out some elected officials or at least senior uh political officials if not elected officials it's incredible it's incredible and you say to yourself well i mean they're busy right how can they be more busy they've said that january 6th is the biggest thing ever and that they and they still haven't figured out anything and and again it's 2 years 2 years they've immediately posted photos and they within an hour, within a couple days, they about six months later, they released a new video in September of 2021, and they can't find this guy or gal? How is it possible? How is it possible that we have pipe bombers, two of them, two pipe bombs, one, the same person? I don't know if they think it's the same person or not. And we haven't had any leads. We haven't had any tips. We haven't had anybody come forward. They've got a video of him going past the Capitol Hill Club, which is the Republican Dining Club, uh, on that night. They've got that. That was a new one released uh, six months ago. They've upped the offer for a uh, tip to $100,000, and they've got nothing. They found nothing. And you, at a certain point, you say to yourself, wait a second. If they can chase around 300, 400, 500 people that walk through the Capitol, but they can't find a pipe bomber? You talk about some hearings that need to happen because a, a person who walks into the Capitol and wanders around, maybe even does something like uh, pushes in a door or something, maybe pushes a cop. They should be charged with something. I've never said they shouldn't be held accountable. But people that plant a pipe bomb in the Capitol of our nation on the eve of this major event, it's a con- isn't it, it? Isn't it terrorism? If they had gone off that night, isn't that terrorism? I mean, isn't that isn't it actually? That's the definition of terrorism. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I even know what the. I'm sure they could charge them with it if they wanted. And nothing, nothing, not even nothing charged. Not no arrests. There's there's nothing said about it. Which brings us back to what's going on here. Who who's in charge of this country? Who who's in charge of? They're not even pretending to be honorable about what's happening. On January 6th, in the wee hours of the morning, two pipe bombs, hours before the president's speech and hours before people arrived at the Capitol and got out of hand, there were two pipe bombs planted to kill people. And we know nothing about it. We have no one arrested. I mean, there's no explanation. Well, let me say it differently. Whatever the explanation is, What you what you feel like is the most likely explanation explanation is they stop looking. Right. They stop looking. I'm not sure that's true. Maybe they really looked and they can't find it, but it feels like they stopped looking that something else was a higher priority. Grandma from Colorado, who's 70 years old, who called us at the Patriot Freedom Project and said, I'm I just got a call from the FBI. They're going to arrest me. Grandma is a bigger threat than pipe bombers. It's a crazy, crazy thing. I hope, pray that the uh, Republicans in the House try to get to the bottom of who's the pipe bomber and why haven't we got him? All right. That's all I've got. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, our producer, Ryan Hyde, associate producer. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.